Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I am your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. Today's episode features guests from Samida, a medical device company that creates Clubfoot treatment products in the European market. We focus our conversation today around the Clubfoot experience in Europe, the perception, the challenges, and the treatment options. I will let each of the guests introduce themselves and their role in the company today. So let's just jump right into our conversation. All right. Well, thank you all for being here today. Why don't we just start with introductions of who is on the podcast today since we have multiple people here today. Yes, um, I would like to start to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Harald Kuyus. I'm the founder of Sumida. I'm from Germany, and Sumida started in a very little office together with two friends of mine in the city of Hamburg. Uh, it was 2003, and the company is based now nearby Hamburg, and I'm living on a small and beautiful landscape on the countryside. Awesome. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Andrea and I'm the head of marketing um, for Semida here and yes, you. My name is Arthur Kiel. I'm the head of sales here at Semida. I'm working here since uh, three and a half years and I'm very happy to be here on the podcast and excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys all on the podcast. I try to keep I try to make different topics for each of the podcasts and in, as inclusive as possible. So I was super excited when you guys approached me about being on it because it just gives a broader spectrum of clubfoot treatment, especially in Europe. So let's just dive in. And why don't you begin with telling us about Samita and how it's related to clubfoot? Yes, um, it's related to Clubfoot, definitely. Um, Semina was founded in 2003 in Hamburg, uh, Germany, with the aim um, to develop innovative and advanced mental products of high quality. And then we learned uh, about the Ponsetti method in 2004, when it came to um, Germany from Iowa uh, through some doctors. Mm -hmm. And um, we were immediately very enthusiastic about it. And uh, in fact, uh, one of the first new product developments uh, we did was the Artiflex uh, for the suction brace. Uh, together um, with its uh, child friendly design, I think it makes the brace one of a kind. Mm -hmm. And now we offer um, a variety of boots and bars based on the Ponsetti method for treating blood food. Mm. Awesome. Yes, and just to add for Samidia, children with a clubfoot deformity are a matter of the heart for us. So it's not only an economic matter, but also definitely an emotional one. Mm. Um, so that's why we support, for example, local doctors internationally and charity projects too. Yes, so for example, we support an association called MNA, which mm -hmm. operates in Albania. And it has its focus on orthopedics and build a rehabilitation center for the care of patients and for the training of orthopedics technicians, which is really significant for us. So all of this was done on a donation basis with a steadily growing number of patients. Wow, that's awesome. 
Yeah, and if I may add something to this right now, we are uh, building up a cooperation with the Ukrainian clinic, for example, to support uh, them in the hard situation they have in the country. And like Andrea said, I want to clear this point out. It's very important for us to, uh, to be on the one hand, of course, we're an economic uh, company. Mm-hmm. We have to pay our salaries. We have to earn money. But on the other hand, it's also our heart, it's, uh, especially when Dr. Ponsetti is an example. He worked till 90 years. It was his heart to help children, to help parents, to teach uh, physicians and the method. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for us important, I think, mm-hmm. that we are, that the heart is in the right place and we have on the one hand the economic orientation and on the other hand we want to support uh, parents and uh, doctors, clinics also in countries where they have not uh, the possibility to, to yeah. buy good orthosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think that's such an important part of Working within the clubfoot community, of course, I always think it's so important to help the parents. That's the big message that um, I do in all the work that I do, because as you guys know, clubfoot treatment is so parent heavy. There's Mm -hmm. a lot placed on the parents' shoulders. And so the more education and support parents can get in the best and worst of circumstances, I think really empowers parents to feel confident and to get them to the finish line because clubfoot treatment is not something that's uh, a one and done situation. I say all the time, it's years of commitment and diligence on everybody's part. And so that I feel like you, it's really important what you said about this, making sure that both it's a both and situation where you're creating products that are helpful for the children, but then also educating and helping in other arenas too. Yes. So what do you guys believe the perception of clubfoot is in Europe? And do you think it's different than we see in the U S well, um, we think even clubfoot is known as the most common congenital cause of disability worldwide is in fact rather rare disease. And so therefore there's no general perception about it in economic rich Europe. So in countries like Germany, France or Spain. And yes, um, here nowadays almost all club feet treated with the Ponsetti method. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they have good treatment results and therefore they are no longer so present by the supply of orthopedic shoes. Mm-hmm. And from this, as with other diseases that are successfully treated, it is concluded that this disease no longer exists. Mm. But of course, in economically weaker European regions, mm-hmm. on the other hand, the club, typical club food is seen far more in, club, in public. Yes. So it's kind differ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and yes, and we know, of course, it's a kind of shock for every parents to know that their kid is born with a club foot anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, But the awareness that club foot is not a disability that cannot be treated is starting to spread throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I would like to add something because, uh, I mean, from uh, a scientific point of view uh, of pediatric orthopedics, um, 
Clubfoot still has the largest proportion of congenital and acquired deformities. And um, I think it's naturally a serious deformity, but does not happen daily. Um, it has an incidence of one to two per thousand births in Europe. I mean, this is not such a lot. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned the treatment options. Like, is the Ponsetti method the gold standard in in Europe, or like you said, Andrea, does it vary from country to country just on accessibility to care, um, or is it? Is that the most widely used treatment option? No, definitely the gold standard. Mm -hmm. I would say in Europe right now, the Ponsetti method with the regression uh, and the plastic cast regression and the uh, brace and bars uh, using the boots and bars. Um, what is different in Europe? The healthcare systems. Mm -hmm. the, the difference from country to country. Mm. Uh, Germany, they cover all, they cover the treatment in the hospital and afterwards the boots and bar. Mm. Um, yeah, but this, the, uh, there are differences between the countries in Europe. Less prosperous countries of Europe, in Europe, especially Eastern Europe, South Europe, there are sometimes boots and bars brand self-made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are very, um, yeah, kind of strange maybe. Uh, but this is also our goal to have a high quality products for the richer countries and then to have also uh, more um, economic products to, to cover all the needs. Mm -hmm. In France, it's very interesting. There is a Bonnet de Meglio treatment of class mm -hmm. is very common. It says also there are also good results. Mm -hmm. That it is very time consuming. Uh, six hours per day, you need. Uh, right. and this is, yeah, but all over the place in Europe, I would say it's the uh, Ponsetti method, the gold standard. Mm -hmm. Let me add something, Arthur. Um, I think it's uh, right that the Ponsetti method is state of the art. Uh, but in fact, in the guidelines for German doctors, the Ponsetti method is recommended as the primary therapy for club foot, of course. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, uh, sometimes some John doctors try to modify the Ponsetti concept. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, however, um, this is an absolute taboo uh, because only Ponsetti can show um, experience and results for more than 50 years. Mm -hmm. I had an interesting experience of one of the we support courses and clinics. And mm -hmm. uh, one of our main Ponsetti doctors, he is leading the course and teaches the young physicians. And one of the physicians had some question: Can we do it uh, this way or that way? I uh, uh, had not heard the question. He said, mm -hmm. but the doctor. The main doctor who's teaching it and he who's very used to the Ponsetti method get angry and loud and why you want to do it other way? Yeah, we mm. is uh, we have so uh, extensive studies and proven results over decades and why always we have in Germany this idea to make it the uh, other way or to, to improve it uh, mm -hmm. somehow and yeah, it was a very interesting situation that. Ponsetti is uh, the, the study situation of, uh, mm -hmm. about the Ponsetti method is extensive. Uh, we have a physiotherapeutic concept in Germany, Super mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard about it. Future Huba? I don't think so. 
you don't think so. In Germany, it's Zukunftuba. It's called Zukunftuba. It's a three-dimensional manual foot therapy. Okay. Yeah. And um, it's a physiotherapeutic concept. Okay. Also, it's very famous. But um, sometimes there's a conflict between the physiotherapists in Germany mm-hmm. and the physicians or the orthotists. Mm-hmm. And I think if this comes together, some, I think that's the best for the children to offer a range of therapies. And yeah, that's just, I think that's good for the children. The physiotherapists, the physicians, the orthotists, as they come together. Or also, wow. I heard about the Bobat concept, which also comes from Germany. I have not dealt with it intensively because the studies are very weak, mm-hmm. and this uh, this concept is applied with very questionable success. Yeah, but you can see there are always attempts to treat club for differently uh, than with the Ponsetti method. However, the studies by Ponsetti remain unassailable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such an interesting concept because how do you advance? I mean, I believe in advancing treatment. I think everybody does, right? We don't, um, we want to find newer, more effective ways, but balancing that with proven studies of the Ponsetti method and how long it took for people even to adopt his method and put it into practice, even though he'd been talking about it for years and trying to get people to understand how effective it was. And so I do think there is, um, now that it's become the gold standard, at least in the U.S., you see people kind of going, oh, well, maybe if we do this or if we try that, and you kind of want to add your piece to it or make an improvement. Um, And I know as parents, we get wary because we don't want something we don't want to go back to surgery, right? We don't, for so long, that was the the way clubfoot was treated was mm-hmm. such major surgical intervention. And mm-hmm. so as kind of, we call the Ponsetti kind of, I call them kind of the old guard, the people who really first started using it start to retire. Our concern then becomes like, we want to make sure that people, um, upcoming practitioners are, learning the method and adopting it and not doing too many modifications to try to improve it um, because it's it's a proven method. But yeah, I think there's definitely that balance of like, how does clubfoot treatment move forward if we don't, if there doesn't need to be improvement in the method? And I think what you're talking about with the physiotherapist, at least from my point of view, that's a part that I think really can have more focus put on is Mm -hmm. making those teams more collaborative Mm -hmm. and they're not in competition with each other, but we're all looking for the same goal, which is for the club foot child to have uh, good mobility, good strength, um, pain-free feet for long-term. And Mm -hmm. I do think that physical therapy is a big part of it. And I see that the more, uh, I see that more and more happening in the U S more and more conversations about how do we add that into, into the treatment protocol? Mm. Yes. I think in general, we agree totally with you. Yes. So Mm. what 
are some of the challenges that face the clubfoot community in Europe? And do you think that they're different from other regions around the world? I know that you talked about the healthcare, which is different. Um, overall healthcare in the United States is pretty, I mean, it's a whole different mess, but <laughs> um, the access to care is different and um, there isn't the universal health care, but we also are kind of one country and we're all kind of operating under a similar system. All the states are, right? Whereas in Europe, it seems like what you're talking about is different countries have different health care and then that impacts the way that treatment happens or the accessibility to care. Is that accurate? Yes, I, I think uh, it's, it's a very important question. Um, I mean, uh, in countries with poor mental care and, and health infrastructure, there is basically a problem for care of clubfoot. Uh, first, maybe, uh, for example, in India, um, the African continent, uh, in parts of Eastern Europe, uh, such as Albania and part of South uh, America, um, it's a problem. Because uh, of uh, a bad health infrastructure, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, poverty can generally increase the risk um, of children with a physical disability in other regions of the world. Um, for example, if you, at the same time, medical care is also limited. Mm -hmm. Or parents uh, of sick children often do not have the money to travel to a treatment centers. Mm -hmm. uh, which offer the consenting therapy. Do you have do, do you have, have heard of this problems? We don't have a lot of that in the US. What I see more is I do think access to care, but it's quality. It's the quality of the care. In mm -hmm. the US, it's sometimes depending on where you're living, it, it's hard to find quality care for clubfoot because uh, sometimes we don't have doctors that treat clubfoot on a regular basis, especially if you're in a rural area and then you're traveling a long period of time in order to see a doctor and then the treatment doesn't go according to plan and then we're you see a lot of parents who have to redo portions of the treatment with a different doctor based on their experience so I think um, the issues are a little bit different because I think most people have the ability to get care it's just about the actual quality of the care that we're receiving and the amount that we're paying right like um, we paid for everything out of pocket for our daughter and because uh, we had a high deductible and our, I mean, we met our deductible and it was uh, tens, tens of thousands of dollars for her treatment and which we were responsible for covering. So that part is different too, but that's all just dependent on what your insurance is like since it's not universal it's everybody has a different plan a different doctor that they're able to see whether or not they're um, in network that sort of thing so I think that the issues are different but um, there still is that ability to access quality care I think is one of the biggest issues that I see in treatment in the U.S. Yeah I would agree with this in Germany it's the same Mm -hmm. um, that uh, the 
we have the competence centers. Big cities, well-known doctors, and they made a good treatment. But in Germany, unfortunately, uh, the uh, Ponsetti method is taught by bedside teachings. Uh, it's, it, it teaches it in courses, in hospitals. We are uh, in connection to an uh, organization. They support the Ponsetti method in Tanzania and Africa, for example. And because of there is no infrastructure, they build, they bring the method new into the country. Mm-hmm. And so there is a main aid project and they exclusively teach the Ponsetti method. And I heard from a physician in Germany, uh, she said that the clinics who are working with the Ponsetti method, they just get help if they document the therapy and it's standardized all over the country. Mm-hmm. And in that point, uh, Tanzania is uh, in, a, in a better position than Germany mm-hmm. because we have a lot of clinics and mm-hmm. especially if a doctor in the countryside, he made a course, he learned it, but he has one or two children yeah. maximum per year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's one of the reasons I think uh, that we also have this problem, this challenge uh, to get a good treatment. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, I remember talking to another Clubfoot uh, organization, and she was saying it was almost easier in the countries that didn't have an infrastructure to build Clubfoot treatment and clinics because they were starting from the ground up as opposed to trying to go in and adjust what was already happening. Um, and I think there isn't a lot of um, continuum of care in the U.S., uh, that I see from everybody kind of is doing things a little bit differently. And some doctors really like to collaborate and some don't. And so I think, like you said, some of them only see two clubfoot kids a year. And as if we all know, um, you know, a clubfoot is something that you get experience, you need to have experience with, and it's very hands-on in order to really understand the technical aspects of it. So it's just hard if you don't have that much of your practice is so limited to ensure that you're doing it. I mean, you're doing it correctly. I can only imagine what it would be like to be a doctor only doing that a couple times a year when you're really a surgeon doing surgery. That's what, you know, the majority of clubfoot doctors here in the U.S. are. Um, So... Yeah, it's an interesting challenge, like you said, to try to figure out how to adjust that to make it more um, accessible, the quality of treatment for all, for everyone. Right, right. Um, What we also experience here is that the biggest challenge even in Europe is the compliance of the parents. Hmm. So... um, um, yes, the discipline required for the Ponsetti method is often the biggest problem. Um, yes, and so especially for parents from socially weaker backgrounds, um, they often do not manage to get their children to wear the abduction brace at the right times. Yeah. Yes, and so yes, and so we try to help the parents that they understand that the better the doctor and the orthopedic technician guide and instruct them, the greater the chances of success for their kids is. Mm-hmm. And yes, so, and in order to do our bit, we have developed a mobile application mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in, in which the treatment results 
and duration of wearing the brace can be entered. Mm. Yes. But here too, of course, you need the discipline to use it constantly. Yes. yes. So, but yeah. I hear that for sure. I think it's the same. We run into similar issues. I think compliance, everybody knows compliance is the biggest issue with clubfoot treatment. And like we said at the beginning, it's so parent heavy. And um, mm -hmm. a lot of parents aren't really set up for success for a multitude of reasons. And figuring out those reasons can be more um can be more difficult than uh, than straightforward, right? It's a, the, a lot of the issues aren't as easy as I just don't, you know, I'm just not complying, which is the part that parents kind of fall into when in reality there's more issues, larger issues at play. And I do think that the education piece like you said, and anything that can be done to help increase in compliance is only going to end up with more successful treatment options. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. So what role do you think companies like Samita play in the future of clubfoot treatment? Mm, yes, I, I think education is uh, very important, uh, but as well, internationalization and innovation, of course, mm -hmm. and with the Ponsetti method, uh, because uh, this is the role I would like Sibylle uh, to play even more in the future. And um, yeah, our aim is to make the Ponsetti method better known in Europe and worldwide, and the, the long term to make it accessible uh, to all affected children and parents, I think this is very important. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is this is why we support workshops uh, through our Duo um, with uh, practice materials, for example, small rubber feeds uh, to train casting, um, or we also export our products uh, to over 30 countries worldwide. And in addition, we are investing in research and development of new and even better innovations made with the Ponsetti method. For example, we created a dynamical, flexible um, brace called BetaFlex mm -hmm. and a special spring force uh, that gives kids more movement um, when wearing the brace. Yeah. And like I mentioned before, I think also it's important as a, a company, especially from the Western European countries or America, to don't lose the focus also on the social responsibility we have in um, different projects, like we mentioned before, in Albania or Africa, we support the Five Children Project in Tanzania, I told you before, mm -hmm. or uh, in Ukraine right now, we're building up in cooperation. In Tanzania, the Five Children Project, what I think is also interesting to see there, um, the German physicians, mm -hmm. they supported the country there, and on the one hand, they bring the Ponsetti method, and mm -hmm. on the other hand, the country now is uh, building the boots and bars by themselves. They just have a very simple iron bar mm -hmm. and leather shoes, but um, it works. It works well even. And I think this is also companies don't uh, are, uh, have to focus also 
on it to, to support projects all over the world, even countries, less prosperous countries. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with all of it. I think that all of those are really good ways that we can help Clubfoot move forward in the future. And I think companies like yours have a role in doing that from a multitude of reasons. And I know you mentioned innovation. And so what do you think the role of innovation in like the boots and bar, that sort of thing, play in continuing to make advancements in clubfoot treatment? So we talked about education and the social programs, but innovation is kind of a separate topic. So where do you okay. guys fall on that? Mm, yes, uh, we we uh, developed uh, um, a movement plan and um, but we also uh, 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 see a lot of potential in terms of environmental protection, such as cast disposal or recycling. And moreover, um, uh, for example, sustainability must be a key topic as well. And uh, all of us need to do our bit for, for creating a sustainable future, I think. And, um, uh, for sustainability, we do a lot of outreach and charity projects, uh, which include the exchanging of goods and bars. Mm. And we also we offer the ADM race in the German-speaking countries as a distributor. Mm -hmm. Do you know ADM? I, I do. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I, yeah, we are offer them here in the German-speaking countries. Have a good cooperation with the company in England. Mm -hmm. And this is a very innovative product. In Germany, a lot of doctors use the ADM as in a, a case of a relapse. If a children has a relapse and the children are older and they uh, have to wear a bar, a bar again, mm -hmm. and then a lot of doctors use the ADM as a standardized uh, therapy for in relapses. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's a very good uh, option again for the parents and doctors, especially if the children don't like the two leg brace at all. Mm -hmm. And so the ADM is an option. And this is, in my point of view, of course, we all say our bars are the best, or the other companies say their bars are the best, but the different bars, different boots mm -hmm. uh, give a good opportunity for the parents, for the doctors, for the children to choose yeah. the best for their kid, because yeah. like, you know, every foot is different. Yeah. Yeah. Every parent are different. And sometimes we have parents, they say, oh, I hate this bar, but I love this bar. And another parent says, right, uh, I hate this bar. Other way around. <laughs> Other way around, yeah, thank you. Other way around, I hate this bar, but I can work with this bar. And mm -hmm. this is uh, also our goal to offer uh, good products for the different needs. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I think the options, lead, anything that can lead to more compliance and every child is different and every, like you said, every foot is different. And so the more, and every parent's different. So every parent yeah. has a different idea of what 
their child needs to be in what they need to be successful. So I think the more options is such a great message because the more options we have available, the more uh, opportunities we have to choose the product that's right for the child and for the family. And honestly, I haven't, I really like the piece of the sustainability aspect of it and the environmental protection. It isn't something I've given a lot of thought to, but I do think that is something that we have to start thinking about a little bit more in, uh, especially in the U.S., you know? (laughs) So I think the more that we kind of consider those, it's a, it's a good thought provoking idea, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I want um, to say also furthermore that um, one year ago we launched an online parent store mm. with helpful and um, yeah with helpful articles, and this was also innovative for the German market. In mm-hmm. fact, and um, so now parents can conveniently and quickly buy some products directly from us, and so they save possibly the they save the possibly long way to the medical supply store. Mm. And yes, of course, um, these are not medical products we sell mm-hmm. uh, on uh, our, our online parent store. Um, but yes, many other helpful articles like protective pads for the brace or special socks, or books for clubfoot help, yes, or even childproof hot water bottles. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yes, and cuddly toys. <laughs> Awesome. Um, so, um, yeah. Yes. I think it's also a kind of puzzle piece to um, empower the parents, mm-hmm. the parents. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the right socks are very important, and to give the di- direct access to the right socks, they're very um, mm-hmm. famous also, and a lot of parents like to, to order the uh, socks. Yeah. yeah. I just really helpful. Them. I just released an episode about that last week about uh, socks and the amount (laughs) of conversation there is about clubfoot socks and uh, just how much, how big of a deal it is for parents to find the right socks for their kids. And it's also not a one size fits all situation. It's different for every kid, it seems. So um, the more information and access to products like that, I think really go a long way in helping parents feel successful and then meet the compliance requirements. So how can people listening find more information about your company, about the online parent store that you mentioned? Where should we direct them to go? Oh, yes. Um, they can go to our website, simida.de. Okay. Um, Therefore, they, um, yeah, it's interesting for doctors and orthopedic technicians and, of course, for the parents. And, yes, um, there they can find extensive information about the Ponsetti method and about our company and other very useful um, information for, um, yeah, for the, also for the, um, ah, how it is called, for, nah. No. Not for all. Um, compli- for the compliance, sorry. <laughs> for the compliance. Gotcha. Yes. 
Yeah. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, okay. which should help parents uh, with with the right uh, the, who is choosing the brace or uh, about the Ponsetti method. We made a video uh, during a whole treatment for one kid. I think the video is made in four years or three years. Yeah. And there is a whole treatment for a kid and where we, uh, that's on the YouTube channel also very helpful. But I think you have in the U.S. a lot of good YouTube channels, like I so. It depends. <laughs> and what about social media? Do you guys have, do you have like Instagram accounts that people can follow? Yes, yes. Yes, we are on Instagram and on Facebook and also on LinkedIn. Okay. And yes, we set up all these channels uh, one year ago. Awesome. So it's yes, a kind of adventure and new for us, but we love to do it. <laughs> we could yeah, have many experiences. <laughs> yeah, I think that the it uh, from personal experience, it, it there's a bit of a learning curve with the social media of trying to figure out what goes on what platform, but it is a great way to give information to parents because you're kind of meeting parents where they are at. So that part is nice, but I do agree it takes a little bit of time to find your footing in in that realm. At least it did for me and honestly continues to do. So it's just an ever-evolving process. Oh, yes. <laughs> Some doctors hate the social the internet because of the information the parents give to each other and then they are not satisfied with their own doctor. Mm. But sometimes it's very important that parents can uh, get other experiences. Mm-hmm. For example, one day I was in office, I got a phone call and there is an orthopedic technician and he said, I have a child with three weeks, old three week, uh, weeks child and I need a brace uh, boots and bar for the three weeks child and I asked him if there are no plastic cast treatment no the doctor said just your bar and boots <laughs> your boots and bar is enough and in a case like this it's very important that you can say go on the internet uh, learn a little bit about the consented treatment and please go to another doctor mm-hmm. and in, in some cases it's very important to have the experiences from other parents oh, yes. but sometimes the people are too much on the internet and just get confused <laughs> yeah. it's definitely a give and take it's the same in the u.s there's good information and then there's uh the ability to spread misinformation about what treatment is and that can be uh not as helpful but it is good for parents to find each other in um in community and also to hear other people's experiences but yeah it, there's definitely good and bad yeah, <laughs> yeah well uh, talking about information and um, it's uh, maybe an interesting detail we started a series called clubfoot history on mm-hmm. social media aimed to tutor parents on history of clubfoot and yeah we started it and it works very well we were Really um, surprised in a positive way. <laughs> awesome. Mm-hmm. And which platform do you guys do that on? Um, Instagram. Instagram. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. And I'll make sure that we put, um, that we'll link the information so that people can easily find it in the show notes uh, once the 
once this episode is available and um, we'll make sure that people are able to click on those links and follow you guys. So I so appreciate you guys taking the time to do it today. I'm really happy that we were able to finally coordinate the times. It's always tricky with the big time difference. So I was really happy and I'm really grateful for you guys being on the podcast today. And thank you for sharing all of your information and knowledge. It's really appreciative. And I think it's going to help a lot of parents. Oh, you're very welcome. It was such a pleasure for, for us. A very good experience. Yes. <laughs> Can I give you one question at the end? Back? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You asked what role do you think companies like Sameda play in the future? And my question back is what do you think what role should companies like Sameda play? Is there something helpful you need as a parent from the mm. parent side? That's a good question. I think... For me, I see the, uh, I think a lot of what you guys are already doing is really helpful for parents, which is giving them access to and creating resources and information channels that are geared towards helping them at home. I think that bridging that gap between what parents experience at home versus what they are presenting to the medical community can be very different in those few and far between appointments that we have. And so the things that we, I think that companies can do to help parents is to continue to create those resources and abilities um, for education and just awareness of clubfoot treatment for parents I think that that is extremely helpful long-term for us. So I that's where I really see um, the big benefit of what you guys can do for parents. And it sounds like you guys are already really doing it. So keep up the good work, I guess. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys again. And it was my pleasure to have you guys. And... I hope that you guys have a good rest of your day. I want to thank all of my guests from Samita today. I so appreciated their conversation and ability to discuss Clubfoot in the European market. And I learned a lot about the differences in the experiences in Europe versus the US. I'm sure you guys all did too. So. If you found this episode helpful or you know someone who would benefit from it, please share with them and like and subscribe the podcast. If you need to get a hold of me, you can do so through my website at maureenhoff.com or through my Instagram account at Club Foot Chronicles Mom. Until next time.